Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. It's been too long. It has been an eternity. Yes, an eternity. I mean, we did get to see each other in real life, which was super exciting. That was super exciting. That is true. That was very, very exciting. It really was very good. But yes, it, I, I've missed our weekly phone calls and discussion of all the most important things in the world. Yes, me too. Me too. <laughs> and talking of which, yeah. obviously, my most important thing in the world is little Coda. Yeah, how is he? He is very, very well, and he, I mean, he's always a happy little thing, but he was so excited because on Saturday we got the bus, which he was super excited about because we haven't really during lockdown got the bus very much. So he was already thrilled about that. Then when we got off the bus, he realised we were on the street where his favourite pet shop is. (laughs) So he was wagging his tail in circles because he was so excited and getting faster and faster as we got to the pet shop. Then when we got to the pet shop, he was trying to rub his face on all the displays because he was just so excited to be there. We got him a new ball. We took him to Wandswood Common. We played with the ball, all gorgeous and exciting. When we got home, the first thing he did was stick his head in my bag and steal back his ball. (laughs) And then there was wild, writhing around, frolicking. He managed to knock over a small table, spill my entire glass of water over himself and the floor, but continued, because he was just so full of the joys of spring, to crawl under the sofa, chasing his ball. What kind of a ball is it? Maybe I need one. Well, it is a glow-in-the-dark ball. So, I mean, it's it's an exciting ball. Mm. And now... He still loves it so much that when he's napping during the day, he wants it in his sight line. And each morning he gets up, goes downstairs, goes to his toy box and gives it a lick. Good morning. <laughs> That's incredible. I know. So he, is, he, he has signaled to the world, I feel, that spring has sprung and yeah. we must all be joyful in the sunshine. Yeah. I'm always amazed how attached he gets to his toys. I know, I know. He, like all the other dogs that I've had, have liked their toys and they've enjoyed them, but not like him. Mm. He he adores them and he thinks about them. You'll see him suddenly like sit up like, oh, where is my toy? Where is it? And like, has to go and find it and bring it. And as you know, Adrian isn't allowed to put them back in the toy box. If Adrian puts one of his toys back in the toy box, he glares at him, goes over to the toy box, very pointedly takes it out and puts it back where it was and then looks at Adrian again like, just don't. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. I Mm. do remember when I once tried to take something away from him. He didn't like that very much. No. No. No, I, what were you thinking, Beatrice? Had you, had you, you know, I, did you well, have the paperwork? I obviously was not Sorry. thinking. I obviously was not thinking at all. Yeah, no, um, you have to have, you know, paperwork done, signed in triplicate mm. process before you're allowed to do such a thing. Yeah. Wow. You know, he will come and tell you you're allowed to play with his <laughs> ball or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, you don't instigate yourself. Yeah, I obviously don't totally know the language of it all. 
Yeah, I think you need to come around. Once we're allowed in each other's houses, you yeah. need to come around and Coda will give you a training session. Yeah, that sounds an very induction. good. An induction. Yeah, he was going to train me in something else. I can't remember. I think there was something else I needed. Oh, no, that was just just leading a dog on a leash. I needed some training on oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> he can do that for you yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, he'll look at his diary and fit you in. Okay, because I get myself entangled, I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, he, you you know, you can start with the normal lead and then build up to the extendable. Yeah, okay, that's okay, the plan. that's marvellous. That's yeah. excellent. Mm. And, and I believe that on top of all this, you know, it's spring, he's got a glow-in-the-dark ball excitement. We've both watched a rather fantastic film. Yes, I, I'm oh, amazed I've never watched it. I know. How did we not watch Falbala yeah. when it's called Falbala? I think I, mean, I think possibly the English title might have slightly put me off. Why? What's the English title? Paris Frills. Oh, that's not as good. That's no. really... I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about France and Britain. Really. Yeah, yeah. That's... No, that's... No. Yeah. Just no. I mean, certainly in the 18th century, the British used Falbala, didn't they? Oh, I don't know. Did I they? I thought they did as, oh, as like... Okay. Bits and bobby frilly bits. Mm. I I don't, I don't know. Falbala is what it should be called. Yeah, definitely. But also, and I it, thought I w- watched a lot of films set in you know around just after the war or do you know? I mean, this mm. actually came out. Well, it came out I think just after. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, I hadn't hadn't watched this, and I also wasn't expecting from reading the description i didn't expect it to be quite so strange no no it seems and again it seems like it's going to be like the british title yeah frothy. Mm, mm. um but it's dark yeah i guess you know from the start you do know from the start i mean that is an ama- i love 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 the way the credits are over a fashion show yes mm. so you're already getting this kind of rhythm going and the dresses and what and a this... fashion show. I mean, the extras they must have got together. I, mean... I know. Well, because it's Marcel Rochas, isn't it? Yeah. And the clothes are amazing. Mm. And yes, it is like it's a proper yeah, but salon it... show, but it's incredible. Yeah. Mm. Lots of people all dressed up. Yes. All dressed up, all mm. really squashed in. Yeah. And amazing, as you know, I always love it when you see people dressed in the styles of their youth so you've got some lovely edwardian-esque older ladies Mm. down to the young girls being brought into the world of haute couture Mm. in the audience but yes how you go through that and you have they give credits for obviously rochas but also the window displays yes the makeup and the hair so it's like a fashion story yes did you look up the window person? No, I haven't had time. I just watched this last night. She, she, um, I think she worked, so she's called Annie Bourmel, and she worked for mm-hmm. MS, and I saw a few <gasps> pictures, and she trained someone else who died recently, and there was a lot of obituary, so there's a lot about this other person oh. whose name I've forgotten, but um, Annie Bourmel trained her, and they're, they're, I only looked very briefly, and there are a few um, fashion displays online, and they're very surreal. They're quite, but yeah, again, oh, I mean, just going gorgeous. to the 
going to the extent of having all the, the vitrines or the display cases curated by someone. I thought that was amazing. It is amazing. And I really, you know, I would have liked if we could have had a behind the scenes yes. kind of thing. Because because I have to say this is one of the best films I've seen in terms of actually genuinely giving you a sense of an active fashion house. Exactly. Mm. All of the kind of background, while there's like the main actors at the front of the shot, you've continuously got activity that actually seems like real activity, not just mm. the same person. Or, you know, the way that um, dresses are continuously being taken back and forth and people are coming in and, and asking for something and going out. It's very convincing I think yeah when she at some point the right hand woman of the couturier Solange. Solange who again I read was apparently mates with Chanel and a big proponent of her early work um, so she goes along all these different ateliers and I thought that was so interesting I think she goes into yes. three or four and she's telling yeah. them you know get ready get ready get ready and I mean yeah the amount of I mean, and this was this was shot in in forty four, which I, I think know. is incredible. I mean, also the amount I, of fabrics they have. Because is it meant? Is it actually shot in a real? Is it shot at Russia? No, I don't think so. I think from one. Uh, no, it's not definitely not at Rocha. And at and one. Rocha. I don't know whether it's Rocha or Rochas. I think we should continue with both. But, okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, but I, from one review, it sounded a bit like it was a set constructed. For instance, the ateliers, they are actually in a basement somewhere. Nice, so, yes. And, and I saw a picture of the fashion show and you can see it's a room without a ceiling. So they could film, oh, you know, wow. from the top. So I think it was... It was constructed, but, you know, some of it does look like... Oh, no, I think they even mentioned fake sunlight coming through the windows. I mean, it's very wow. convincing. It's really well done. And are the, and I love the petit main. And mm. when I mentioned I was watching... I mentioned I was we were going to be watching this film to my lovely, beautiful couture, um, couture student, I was going to say, PhD student, mm. in fact, not couture student, Claudine, who is marvellous. And she said, oh, I love that film. And the thing she really remembered was the amazing hairdos of the Petit Mouth. Yes. And I think they should get special credit for mm. their incredible... I mean, all the hair is amazing. Yes. Because it's so fascinating how, you know, you're used to seeing sort of British and American big hair during the war. But French big hair, it evolved in its own little ecosystem. And it's really quite extraordinary, I think. Because it's big everywhere. Because I think in Britain and America, you more got top height at the front, smooth, and then some curls at the bottom. Whereas theirs, I feel, is a bit wilder. Not wilder, but more looser, maybe? Looser? And you get more weight at the back, I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is a and bit looser. And then it's reflected in those insane hats. Yeah, they're, they're the absolutely hats. mad. I mean, I would like those to be explained to me by a milliner because they look like it's an entire kind of ream of fabric do you say ream of fabric or i is think that paper? so anyway a large amount of fabric just wrapped and wrapped and wrapped around some kind of heavy structure like they look incredibly heavy but they can't be that heavy and they're such a strange shape i know they're very bizarre very very bizarre i saw 
in one review they they called them skyscraper hats but that doesn't but help really yeah no I mean, they're they not... are in terms of height yeah but they're but not they're spiky so actually no they don't call them skyscraper they call them the french word which is i think um sky scratches yes which that makes more sense yeah they are crazy because there's a couple of them that look more like kind of regency bonnets that make a bit more sense but there's some that i don't even know what they are doing it's like they're i don't know they're they're just very unwieldy and huge Mm. but i do i do enjoy that silhouette that you see in french fashion magazines at that period where it's it's really kind of flat sharp oversized shoulders and then a fluid sleeve belted jacket with a big peplum skirt Mm. and it's quite it's very glamorous actually and they'll have like their furs they'll have their jewels la 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 but then they have very practical shoes yeah that's true Mm. and uh coda is is communicating and agreeing yes coming for your training sessions um but but also you there are some of those like insanely clunky platforms yeah but also didn't you find it odd how they have these sort of casey i don't know how to describe them like these boxy bags and they have and they have them about them like they cling Mm. on to them for dear life Mm. almost you know they 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 go into inside and they still keep their bags on them for ages it's quite weird and I they're thought. very no, they're very stiff. I wonder if it's because of what they were being made of during the war. Maybe. Because I think they look great off the body, but as you say, when there's no sense of them fitting to the body, and the leather or whatever structure is under the leather is completely rigid, mm. isn't it? So they they kind of look like they're more not satchel, but that kind of bag that's yeah. going to be softer and will kind of when you put your elbow down will kind of squish to the body if you know what i mean mm. but no they're completely rigid and the strap is completely rigid yeah and they often wear them on the back that they move yes. up which is also I, I guess maybe that's for cycling because you see quite a lot of people yes, maybe cycling it is mm. because that's the other amazing thing that they all cycle and or they've got little horse and cart yes not <laughs> horse and cart like a little trap thing yeah because they have they still haven't got cars after the war well, it still is the war. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that's really striking, isn't it? I mean, especially, we haven't even talked about the plot because there's so much to say about the clothes. But the couturier, it's so sinister because there's that thing he says to the woman he, he kind of, I'm not going to say fall in love with. I'm not going to dignify no. whatever he has mm. going on with that. But he says to her at one point, the soul of a dress is the body of a woman. And the way that he's obsessed it's like fashion for him is all about time, isn't it? And so the women he's interested in inspire the collection, but then they're no longer interested yeah. to him. But then he keeps the first dress from each of that he makes for each of them. And he's got that, like they, they mention it as like a museum or a cemetery, don't they? The mm. wardrobe that he's got, that he labels each one. Yeah, that is so strange. And also the thing where they they say they're baptising the dresses for the collection mm. and naming each one. Yeah. But also when this thing about... he What I didn't quite um, get, because the, the version I saw wasn't 
you know, the super highest quality. Does mm. he also each time have a doll made, or um, I shouldn't say doll, like a, a mannequin, mannequin? Yeah, mannequin after each. I don't know. Because... I don't know because the one, the the one that morphs into the woman he's obsessed with. Mm. I was talking about it with Adrian, and he was saying, like, clearly that mannequin is made to look like that actress, mm. but. Is it meant to be that it's him projecting it onto the mannequin? Are we like seeing the mannequin through his eyes? Mm, because there's another shot of the mannequin at one point where it looks like the um, poor woman he discards. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's so true. that confused that's true. me. And what about his his mannequin who's dressed in a? He says it. What does he say? An antique Poiret. Yes. Yeah. Dress. Yeah. Yeah, it was That's a bit really like sort of My Fair Lady-ish, the, mm. the one that... Yeah, he obviously seems to occasionally redress it. It has maybe like four yes. or five outfits during the yes. film and yes. always no, old, it, yeah. That's true, and it's very much... You slip between shots of a real a live model and the mannequin, so you're continually being told that for him it doesn't make that much difference. And in each case, as you say, he's dressing and redressing them and making them how he wants them. Yeah, and he treats the live ones terribly. So horrible. Mm. So horrible. Oh, my God. He's awful. Yeah. Do you think he would have been seen as awful then? I would have. I mean, maybe not quite as awful as we see him, but yes. Mm. I mean, the thing, I was also really interested in how much you have this sense of this amazingly efficient and skilled female workforce in the fashion house having to then manage him mm. and because he's i mean he's a complete diva and mm. i don't know how that would have been seen at the time if it would just have been seen as this is what artistic genius yeah exactly mm. is mm. but it's really striking how the women are completely you know they're completely organized they know what they're doing they've got their you know they're they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do yeah, it's it reminded me a lot of the film with Daniel Day Lewis. Um, yes, I was thinking. I, I, I mean, wonder, it's much better than that. I have to say. Yeah, I I think so, but I wonder whether they watched they watched it. Yeah, it seemed. Yeah, no, I think I I wondered that as well. Mm. I mean, it's I think you get so much more sense of this man, this character, as a couturier. And when he first meets the woman he becomes obsessed with, and then he completely redoes the collection, drawing it with her face mm. as well. And that kind of sense that he has no idea that there's anything wrong with his obsession and his desire to possess. And then to discard, like, yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and the sort of sense that he possesses by imagining them in his clothes. Mm. and then wants the actual woman and then it, yes and then it's like that collection's done so they're not interesting anymore mm. no i mean he's really like i don't know if it's a sociopath or a psychopath the ones who have who have no emotional empathy because it's extraordinary i mean i really like the second the fashion show that you see because because it's very circular isn't it because the fashion yes. show you see at the credits and then that first shot are also what you see at the, at end, the end and the final mm. shot, which is amazing. Mm. And the way you see what happens in a shadow. What as do you well. mean? 
Well, at the end, when he's imagining the mannequin is the woman he's obsessed yeah. with, and she's in the and he's dressed her in the bridal gown that he made for her and she didn't wear, mm. and then you see in the shadow, you don't see him grabbing her and running off. Yeah. With her. Oh, that's true. Shadow. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. Mm. 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 Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And I liked. I like the petty. I think the petty man were just amazing, and I like how at the end they're just like, "That's that." Then. Yeah, I know they were so. <laughs> they did not show. Yeah, them. I they just. They were cold. Yeah, I just that was incredible. How they all, you see them quite close up, sort of individually, like yes. they're four or five, and you see how they're looking down. So they're obviously looking at at this person and but they yeah they're so cold he didn't even break when he fell he looks happy <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> i mean i mean i admire them for that because yeah lord knows he didn't care about them no so you know i'm glad that they were just to just cast a forensic eye and and give their report mm. and not get emotionally involved in it i mean it is the, the fashion show is amazing and i love I mean, because it's in black and white, it's so kind of graphic and amazing. But also, as you said, it's so packed. Like, the, the, the salon is so packed with people. And the way, when they phone up to order the little gold chairs for them to sit on, the chairperson says, but last time we wanted 250 and this time we want 300 chairs And because he, he wanted to check. And then you see them trying to work out how you do the rows to fit in that mm. many people is so good and it's good when the the sort of it looks like the grandmother rather than the mother is saying to the younger woman oh that was the so fine, good the final one is is going to be a bride so you're yeah that was so good the young yeah. woman says oh yeah then he comes in and he's obviously in a daze clarence mm. the couturier and then the young woman says what does she say again? Oh, no one is clapping. It's his finest hour. No one yes. is clapping. Yes. And then yes. the grandmother says, oh, there will be clapping when it's the end. And the girl says, well, how do you know it's the end? And I thought, yeah, of course. How do you yes. know it's the end? Yeah. No, that mm. was really great. Wasn't it? mm. It's like she's telling the, the cinema audience yeah. because they, may, they probably wouldn't have known no. that. Because now it seems so obvious that that's what happens in Couture. But yeah. how would you know that? And I loved how the, um, so after they've named them all, I loved how, and I thought that was also interesting, a sort of dig against different types of knowledge, you know, he calls one dress Antigone and, yes. or Antigone, and the women in the room don't know what, what that refers yes. to, and he's yes. a bit snippy about it, and but then I thought it was interesting how the models come in and they tell the person. So that at, at certain parts of this long defile, I guess, um, there are people stationed that call out the name of the yes. of the dress. And when the mannequin first comes out, she says to the person what it is. And I thought that mm. was so interesting. So yes. so she comes out yeah. and she says whatever it is, Bernice or whatever. And then yeah, and then they shout through the room that that this is now Bernice are coming yes. coming your way. I know, because again, it links back to how he's portrayed and his attitude to women, that it's like he baptises them, so he gives birth to each. So then he it's he's given them life so he can discard them and, i.e., take away their life. Yeah, that's a good point. And, it, yeah, the fashion show... Well, I really love just all the fashion, because usually fashion films are really cringy and... 
stereotyped and annoying and he is a stereotype but he's a very particular kind of stereotype he's got his own characteristics but also that he's so overdrawn i think that that is mm, sort of i mean always that that makes it okay again whereas everyone else like solange you could imagine you know a woman in that position really being Mm. very much like her and Mm. yeah everything else is sort of yeah i guess i'm not sure what i'm trying to say but because everything else is so realistic yes um oh my goodness and in the fashion show i absolutely love it where the petit man are kind of piled up trying to crane to yes. look through the door to see them <laughs> and she's trying to shut the door yeah. and squish them back into the room yeah because it is like there's so many of them because at one point he says she when she, when he says he's just going to leave and shut the house so long she says to him but that's 300 yeah. people and you get a sense of it being 300 people because they're everywhere packed in mm. and you get the ex- you get the sense that the clothes belong to them as well, that they're the ones who actually made the clothes. Mm. And, and I think you get the sense of their excitement and ownership. Yes. But mm. in his head, it's exclusively his. And what about the main, well, I'm not sure the main, but the, the, his, his obsession, the actress, I thought she was so amazing um her makeup and her skin is just incredible i think that's you know when she she does look like a doll herself sometimes she does well she's got such a symmetrical face hasn't Mm. she i think she works really well as sort of turning into a mannequin and then turning back into herself again Mm. and the most amazing eyelashes i kept being totally mesmerized yeah but yeah, and they're just, the, they've got the perfect curve, and mm. yeah, they're just incredible. Uh, and they really look like they've been put on separate, individually, I mean, because yes. they're different mm. lengths, aren't mm. they? Yeah, they're obviously very different from what, what you use now. Mm. Mm. No, her eyes, no, she is, she is just perfect for this role, and yeah, her face, she, I don't know if they've done it deliberately, but yes, her skin looks completely like marble. It's mm. so clear yeah. and smooth, mm. and and there's no sense of sort of any blush, anything, any no. color on it. It's just one thing, and then her sort of perfectly drawn lips, and 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 as you say, her eyelashes. So she is this. She yeah, as you say, she's like a doll, mm. and that's how he responds to her. Really. Mm. Oh my goodness! And this family that she's sort of. That I couldn't. Is that was that her family or her fiance's family that I didn't quite must have been I'm hers? I'm not sure. Have. I think I think hers, but I'm not mm. sure. I know there's so many of them, and that's the longest ping pong match. Yeah. In any film, Coda went berserk during uh, that. I have to say, he did not enjoy the ping, or maybe he wanted to be in the ping pong and game. I was really amazed to read that there are two people who are connected with Juliette Gréco in the film. Really? So, yeah, so one is someone whose name I never know how to pronounce. He's called Mark Dolnitz. And he right. was an actor and an illustrator. And he was a big... He was the one who organized all the parties. So he... he's. It said in the credits he was a cousin. So I kept looking out for him. And he, he doesn't say anything, but in the ping-pong scene, he's one of the men young men sitting to one side he's a sort of blonde blonde one if you oh, if you don't if you don't look out you wouldn't know and yeah. then the other person i haven't actually 
yet seen. I need to watch it again. She's called Helene Duke, and she mm. she when Greco was um, set free from the prison she was in, she took her up, Helene Duke, and she apparently is in this film. And at first, the first thing I read was that she was an employee of the, you know, couture house. And I looked, mm. looked what she looked like and I can't find her. And then I've read somewhere else that she's on a bike. So I have mm. to have to watch again and, and look at and, yes. any, I, I, again, I don't think she sounds like she doesn't say anything. And, but I just thought, and then I kept thinking, oh, maybe Juliette Gréco is in there somewhere. But um, <laughs> I don't think so. But um, wow. yeah, I thought that was interesting. Because it is. I mean, it's extraordinary to think of this being made at that point yeah. in French Yeah, even before history. the liberation, I think, they mm. were shooting. It was just, Oh, really? Mm, yeah. Wow. Which is quite in- wow. incredible. And yeah. there was one of the reviews, all the reviews are sort of, you know, in this in this um, scrapbook that Gallica has, mm. um, they're all sort of quite, quite good, but there is one that is really scathing and it's it's interesting it seems to be anonymous and it's just scathing about the fashion it says falbala and fashion and it says that um it was money that has corrupted fashion that it was crooks the money of the crooks that were behind these high hats um that um the grand couturier giving a young woman a jacket with feather sleeves is an aberration of taste i mean it's really very very strong how interesting yeah and then then it's it sort of ends by saying that money engenders laziness and also that the french fashion needs work and it needs a creative genius and not parvenu so i wonder you know who is is that against marcel rochard rochas or you know what what is going on there it, i thought it or, was just and do any of them talk about your continuing under the nazis i think the nazis are well i mean the the reviews I suppose it, come out before the liberation. yeah the reviews come out when the film comes out which seems to be around june-ish in 45 right. so by that point they've gone um but there seem to be some reviews from when it is actually shot but I like in the film the Nazis are curiously absent. I think also from the reviews, well, although because they le- they well they go in forty four, but I can't remember which month, so I don't know. Um, in all in August, um, they right, go. Right. So um, it's just I think one of the articles says something about that it's being shot without restrictions, but I wasn't my French wasn't good enough to figure out. Do they mean? You know, do they mean... Because they have all this fabric, you know, and all this space. And yes. I, I kept thinking, how is that working? Although I read at one point that they had to actually shoot at night because, uh, um, what's the word, power was rationed. In, um, I mean, you get... It is as though, as though they do want... They don't want the war to be a, a part of no. it. They want it to be about him and his obsession and fashion, don't mm. they? So you like you know they're on bicycles their accessories speak of it being wartime mm, the the way true. that he gets the fabric he doesn't like because it's poor quality the way there's kind of suggestions of debt and shortages true. and problems it's like it's there but it's not a theme and i mean a lot of couture houses did continue throughout mm, occupation yeah so that's not 
strange, but yes, I can see how they don't want that. It's as though they're kind of keeping that at bay so they can focus in on him and on this destructive idea. But then maybe it does. Maybe it does mean... I don't know. Maybe it does mean something. Maybe it has something to do with it on a a sort of more meta level. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it Um, does. I mean, maybe... Because it's definitely... There's definitely a push and pull between kind of skill and craftsmanship or craftswomanship with the atelier and then his, you know, like the way he just discards a whole collection. Mm. But also I, I, I read somewhere, but again, just not not attentively enough, something about the main actress that she often was playing the modern woman and they were making a lot of that she decides neither to go back to her fiancé nor yes. to go with the couturier. That, so she is quite is very good. independent. And I wondered whether mm. maybe it is, but again, that's probably overthinking, but whether it's something to do with, you know, the kind of man he is has to die. Yes, you know, oh, that's very he, good. You can't have people like that Yes, anymore. and then that would, that would, what we were saying about the petty man commenting on it, that... They're not sorry because his kind is no longer needed. Yes. Oh, my God. I think we have to watch it again. Yeah, no, definitely. Let alone for trying to find Helene Duke on her bicycle. I know, we need to do that. <laughs> yeah. I also want to look at all the fashion magazines from around this time. Yes. Mm. To compare and contrast. Mm. So, so I feel like... I don't know. We may need to make a scrapbook or something. Yeah, I think if you look for Gabrielle and hats, yes, her hats are quite often on the front of magazines at the time. I'd love to know more about her, but I had I, I didn't find much. Um, the woman who made the and hats. And the vitrine lady. Yes, the vitrine lady. Yeah, we've we definitely, got a lot to look up yeah, and think about, and we haven't true. even got to the hair and makeup. No, people. no. Okay. This going, this, I think this is like our next, I don't know, six months' work or something. Yeah, it could be quite easily. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, marvellous. Okay, we better get on with it then. We better get on with it. Okay. Super to talk to you. Yes, and very speak much. to you next week. Yes. Wow. Bye then. Okay. Bye. bye.